Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Hello and welcome. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemechek, and we are going to continue our little series on aging. Aging, yes, you heard me correctly. Aging. Aging in the spirit. Aging with grace. Aging how God wants us to age. I think we've made the point in our prior shows, Mary Lou, how aging is an unavoidable process. If you have the great privilege of actually continuing to be alive, <laughs> right? right. It comes with the human condition, right? Right, right. You'll have you see how gravity it. works. It's, it's funny because you see, when you're 12, you can't wait to be 14. And when you're 14, you can't wait to be 18. And when you're 18, you can't wait to be 21 because 21-year-olds have all the fun. And then when you're 21, you can't be, wait to be 25. But then it's almost, it's funny because around 26 or 27, the brakes start getting applied. And, uh, you know, I, I see it for my girls who'll go places and they'll say, oh, she was so young, you know, like they're talking <laughs> about other people, the way they act, you know. And then um, and then 30 year olds start saying, wait, what a minute, what happened? And then 35 and they're like, oh, holy cow, I'm almost 40 and then 40. And then it's like life is over. And then little do they know <laughs> that they're hopefully there's a lot more life. Right. But it's almost like. It's built into us to not even be able to imagine or fathom what us getting older is going to look like. And so it's, I'm just trying, we're just trying to give you all hope out there who are here on this side of the veil and obviously are getting older day by day, uh, that that the Lord has a plan for aging as well. Aging is not a time of irrelevance. It's not a time of diminishment. It's not a time of... um, of becoming less than what we were. Yes, obviously there are certain things that we can't do because of the bo- of the wear and tear, as you said, gravity on our bodies and our joints and all that stuff. But that's that's okay. And in a certain sense, I know it sounds strange. It's almost it's a privilege to grow older because it means that you are you have been left in this body. You have that many more chances to get it right. <laughs> you know, you have that many more chances to live in the mercy of God and to and to send your furniture of love to heaven. Remember we said once in some study, I forgot. I said it so many times that some lady gave me a t-shirt. She had a t-shirt made with that. It said that love is the furniture of heaven, meaning we can't send anything ahead of us. You know, like the moving van with all our stuff. We can't send any of that stuff before we get to heaven. The only thing that goes ahead 
is love. The only thing that goes ahead are the works of love, are the is the way that we have loved others and we have loved God. And that, in a certain sense, is the furniture that we put in the moving van to, to be sent ahead, right? So, Well, that's it, a lovely thought. And may we have a huge van that would have transported all of that ahead of us. Amen, sister. So I suppose the issue, the issues that we can address today in this show would be um, along the lines of how do you stay fr- fruitful? How do you stay fruitful? Uh, we have quoted in the other shows, we, we, I think we quoted Psalm 71 and Psalm 92. Uh, there's a couple of other Psalms that refer to being fruitful even in old age, especially one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord to give glory to our Lord Most High and to be planted in the house of the Lord, even in old age, bearing fruit, full of green and sap. I mean, that's just such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful image. Now, if you live in 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 an apartment in a big city, obviously that image might be less effective for you. But as we sit here in Kentucky at the beginning of spring, or maybe in the middle of spring. I don't know if Kentucky has realized that we are in the spring yet because of the snow last night, but um, we, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of greenery and I'm seeing a lot of sap and I'm seeing a lot of blooming and budding things. And that is how the Lord means for us to continue, to continue bearing fruit. And the, what I think one of the biggest challenges of aging is continuing to bear fruit in a different way. You know, we used to bear fruit this way, but now we can bear fruit in this other way. And a lot of us want to get, want to stick to what we know. And we kind of mourn the passing of being able to do things the way we used to do. But actually, I think probably a part of growing in holiness, I think is letting go of what we used to be able to do and embracing what God gives us to do now. What do you think? I, I think that's very true. And, and we talked recently about, you know, while we're able to do the things that we can do, don't don't put off what we can do, you know, and, oh, we'll do that in a couple of years. We'll travel here in a couple of years. We'll go on that retreat in a couple of years. You know, if it's if you have the availability to do something, do it. Live in the moment, not in the future, not in the past. That's right. Did you say you had some good quotations from John yeah. Paulus? There's an article I came across. It's called Aging Like Real Catholics. And I don't know who read it. It's an article that was printed from the Catholic thing. But there's a paragraph in here. And uh, there are quotes in here from St. John Paul II. And he um, says, paragraph starts like this. But as the growing number of aging baby boomers are going to need to learn We always can and should look forward right up to the end. In this, St. John Paul II is also a wise guide. And this is what he says. Human experience, although subject to time, is set by Christ against the horizon of immortality. He became a man among men in order to join the beginning to the end, man to God. Jesus Christ is a mysterious fullness of humanity, the one to whom we are joined by baptism, and hopefully we are going where he is. This means that there is much more to come. Life now is only the palest hint of what is to come, namely eternal life with God. 
Right now, we are merely in the revolving door to the great edifice of eternity, or more poetically, as a hymn puts it, we now live in the storms of time. Amen. That's really cool. Yeah, and there's a reason why we're here and why we're going to live to a certain age. But what's to come, as we see our bodies become more and more decrepit, let's say, what's to come is going to be so much better. This is written by uh, Father Bevel. Oh, it it has, I'm sorry, it has B-E-V-I-L. Bevel Bevel Bramwell. Bramwell, yep. Yeah, the Bramwell. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, that's a beautiful insight. I love a lot of the stuff in this. So it's uh, thecatholicthing.org, aging like Catholics. But I mean, you know, basically aging with sanity, (laughs) you know, aging without becoming insane or losing your mind, right? Right. Um, What... There's some, uh, I see outstretched the provident and merciful hand of God, the father who cares in the best way possible for all that exists and who hears us whenever we ask for anything. And that's a quotation from first John five. It's only right that towards the end of life, we look back and assess it as a whole with gratitude for the good things that come to us unmerited. That's interesting because a lot of us don't want to say, well, you know, we're older, therefore we're at the end of life, you know, because sometimes you could be 25 and be at the end of life. You know, you don't know. You know, in the end, I think it would behoove us all to act like we are all at the end of life. Like the the famous beat poet, I forgot what his name was. um, You need to live each day. Oh, no. Today is the is the first day of the rest of your life. Remember that? That was oh, the yeah. in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was more like a drug culture sort of thing. But it was the idea of living each day to the fullest because you don't know what you have. You know, continue with Father Bevel. But as the growing numbers of aging baby baby boomers are going to need to learn, we always can and should look forward right up until the end. And then there's that quotation, that beautiful quotation from John Paul II that you gave. The modern cult of youth, however, would have us believe that older people, even retirees, should live like teenagers, always having fun, partying, taking risks, falling in and out of love. Even the old Greek and Roman pagans would have thought that utter foolishness. But our shallow agnostic culture wants us to be shallow and agnostic right to the end. Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) It is. It is far more important than taking care of uh, the world and your loved ones, etc. is the real task of caring for our spiritual lives. And this starts with realizing that at three scores in 10, which would be 70, your existence has barely started. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Yes. This is where faith comes in as in nowhere else in your life. We have a, what a, what a privilege, Mary Lou. We have a chance to really exercise faith as we get older in a more and more and more intense way. If my understanding of Catholicism has not developed from when I was five, then now I have the greatest incentive <laughs> to grow up. You know, when I'm 70 and 80 and 90, it, basically it's never too late, right? And that's where God extends grace and he extends mercy. Getting older is a great cure for the idea of being a solo Christian. Don't you love that? Yes. The whole Lone Ranger idea, always oh, just me and Jesus on the golf course, and I don't need community, and I don't need this, and I don't need that. Well, you know, that's a lie, because we need one another, and we need God in the liturgy, in the community of the faithful. 
And yes, we can be alone as well. But that doesn't mean that being a solo Christian is has anything to do with being a Christian, a really Christian. We are part of the vast corporation known as the body of Christ. And that is important for everybody, especially for the elderly. And isn't that, in a certain sense, I think that is one of the more demonic uh, aspects, I think, of this pandemic lockdown has been to isolate the elderly, especially, who are the ones who are the most vulnerable of all to loneliness and and to basically, you know, isolate them away from any sense of community. If I have a dime for every time I've heard, oh, yeah, we went to see my father. We went to see my grandmother. We went to see my great aunt. And they were at the, you know, they were in the retirement home, but they wouldn't let the quote unquote, the famous phrase, they would not let them come to see us. We had to wave at them from our cars, from the parking lot. And they would be at the window. I mean, what a pitiful image is that? A poor guy at the window waving at his children, at his family. You know, at which point I would say, you know what? I will die happy, but I'm going to hug my children. If I catch COVID, you know, whoever said that, if I die, I die. You know, right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the other thing um, as you get older and you're talking about that community that you may share, whether it's through work or social events or through church or whatever it may be, because we're such a mobile society, I have found that, you know, I have some dear friends that have move to Florida or move closer to where their children are. You know, they're they're preparing sometimes to be near children. They're preparing sometimes to be in a warmer climate or a different lifestyle than, than what they had. And, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. You, you have to keep adjusting, you know, and you have to um, hope and make effort that you can still stay in contact and see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when you're talking about waving at the window, Zoom has been a wonderful thing for people yeah. to connect, at least face to face during this COVID crisis. But really, as you get older, you you see how things change and you have no control over that. And that's really a part of life, mm-hmm. you know. But it's um, it's is there there are definite challenges as you get older to to work through all of that. Well, I call them opportunities for sanctification. That's the way I look at it. I'm not at all looking forward to it. But even in the limited ways that I am now, uh, I, I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm my body's fine. I'm fine. Thank God I don't have any anything. I don't take any medication. I, I'm good. I have bad knees and, and, and a rickety back occasionally. But other than that, you know, I am blessed and I am happy also to know that hopefully the Lord will let me. Uh, go through the aging process as a as an instance of sanctification because as you become more and more dependent on others and as you can't do as much as you used to do you depend more dependent on others and what does that do it hopefully allows you to grow in patience <laughs> right yeah. that, that idea that somehow you know you, even when you don't have control over your circumstances that you are if anything you just relinquish more control to god and you can say even more wholeheartedly jesus i trust in you Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. You know, like the, the chaplet of divine mercy. Sure. Right? Well, you're grateful every morning that you wake up and you can get up and walk and, and do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it's a gift. Every day is a gift. A lot of the things that used to matter just don't matter anymore, you know? And in a certain sense, it's not so much because you're old. It's because you've been around long enough that you can really evaluate things from the an etern- more of an eternal perspective to really see that relationships matter more than things, you know, that people matter more than possessions, that love is more important than status. You know, they're just hard-earned truths that the Lord in his mercy allows us to learn, uh, hopefully sooner than later, hopefully not on our deathbeds, but that would be nice too, right? Sure. So getting older is the great cure for the idea of being a solo Christian. We're all part of the body of Christ. As Vatican II put it, all of us are made members of his body, but severally members of one another, meaning we're all part of one another, giving the body unity through himself and through his power and inner joining of his members. The same spirit produces and urges love among believers. From all this, it follows that if one member endures anything, all the members, I love this word, co-endure it. Mm-hmm. Co-endure it. As if, and if one member is honored, all the other members together rejoice or are co-honored you could say using his language right Mm -hmm. it's never too late to build a society around there are many lonely retired people who would love to be part of a regular gathering to support each other to pray and to study scripture we're blessed here in the lexington area we have bible studies we have prayer meetings we have all kinds of opportunities to meet together but you have to make it happen you know how it is you know you have to Yes, you can have all these opportunities, but you have to get out of the house to take advantage of them. Or maybe under pandemic, get on Zoom to take advantage of it, right? And scripture studies recommended particularly, of course, by Benedict XVI, who, by the way, just turned 94. Did you hear Gosh, way to go. Pope Benedict. Anyway, listening together to the word of God, engaging in the biblical Lexio Divina, which means what? It's the divine lesson. It's listening to the scriptures and applying them to our lives. Letting ourselves be struck by the inexhaustible freshness of God's word, which never grows old. Overcoming our deafness to those words that do not fit our own opinions or prejudices. Like (laughs) Ephesians 5 in the lectionary. Like I've seen parishes that actually skip over uh, wives submit to your husbands, you know, that whole thing uh, in in Ephesians 5, for instance, because that's not relevant anymore. Like they, t- they dare to take upon themselves an abridgment of the word of God. Anyway, um, overcoming our deafness to those words that do not fit our own opinions or prejudices, listening and studying within the communion of the believers of every age. And that's one of the beautiful gifts, I think, of Catholic Red Bible study has been that we have groups that are mixed and you have all ages and all sizes and all, you know, all everything. And it's just wonderful so that people can share their experiences in an intimate, safe space, to use the the term of the age, safe places to be able to be to be yourself and to share and to have questions answered, etc. Well, and all in the context of one another. I mean, it's it's just remarkable how you you know what what you think is confirmed by someone else in the group. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's it's. It's always beautiful to see that. There was a quotation from his uh, encyclical Verbum Domini, the Word of God. Most retirees today have not had this kind of experience. Isn't it true? Like, I love seeing the new people come to Bible study. They're like, whoa, their eyes light up. And they just love having the community and having the, you know, the excitement of meeting together in a large group and then meeting in a smaller group and then coming back together and singing and, you know, having opportunity to be part of a larger body that is studying the Word of God. 
The divine word has been speaking and has be, we have become deaf to it because of our culture. Even much of our Catholic culture today has lost touch with its biblical roots. Let's close out the show by, by just a little observation. In fact, that's true. It did happen in Catholicism, or especially Christendom, for many years, perhaps for centuries. And it was not by mistake that the two overarching visions of the Second Vatican Council were ressourcement and going back to patristics, you know, going going back to um, the, the scriptures, using the scriptures as the basis of theology. Now, to us today, that sounds like a duh. Obviously, theology would be based on scripture, but there were uh, centuries in which, unfortunately, the last century or two, in which theology became unmoored from the word of God. And we have seen the mess that that has created. Pope Benedict gives us a wonderful explanation on how to do Lectio Divina, the slow, prayerful reading of Scripture, as was described before in Verbum Domini. So, as we close out the show, study the Word of God. See where He directs you. I mean, there's always directions. There's always in there. He will always give you the Word for the moment. But you have to stay connected. And that's daily prayer, brothers and sisters. Frequent sacraments. Living in community. Helping one another taking care of yourself and others. That's the word. Thank you for joining us. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com slash breadbox.